Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Pastor Scott. I'm filling in for Pastor Strickland today. If you came this morning not knowing I was preaching and you would like to have an opportunity to leave, now is your opportunity. (laughs) After this, it will be disrespectful. I expect everyone to stay seated for the remainder of the service, but here is your opportunity. Don't say I did not warn you. I've given you your opportunity. In the first service, we had someone actually get up, but they didn't go walk out the door. Praise the Lord. I love the 10 o'clock service, the 8 o'clock, a little shaky. But Pastor Strickland is on vacation today. We're so glad that he is taking some time to recharge. We're so grateful for Pastor and Miss Marcia and the work they do for the kingdom. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What's so amazing about them is how faithful they have been all these years. There are some that serve God, but they serve God day in and day out. When the times have not been easy, they still showed up and they still served God. And so that is definitely commendable for them. And I just want to say something that I feel that needs to be said. I would not say this if pastor was sitting in that seat right over there. But guess what? He is not here. So I'm going to turn loose and I'll deal with the repercussions when he gets back this week. I just want to say that God has given us a phenomenal leader in Pastor Strickland. I know some of you would not fully understand the challenges that he had to go through as he led this church through a pandemic, but I am here to tell you that he did an exceptional job church. I want you to know there was not a single day that went by that Pastor was not seeking God's wisdom on our next move, and it shows. Even before the pandemic struck, not many know this, but even before the pandemic struck, Pastor felt led one day, weeks before we knew about the coronavirus, God was um, unctioning him to do a prayer walk around the property, and he did it by himself. It was just him. He walked around this entire campus, and he prayed for God's protection around this church. And I want to tell you that it was a few weeks later that we began that we found out about the pandemic and I'm going to tell you I believe God answered his prayers from that day because church this church was blessed throughout the pandemic can we just praise God this morning for his faithfulness to this local body I am here to tell you what the enemy intended for evil. God has used it for his good. And it reminds me of the passage in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness today. If you are ready for the word, shout, bring it on. I'm so glad you're here, whether in person or online. Thank you for joining us today. You are part of our family. We thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like preaching on Father's Day. Let's give a great big shout out to all the great dads that are here today with us and around the world. Don't we love all of our great, great dads? You know, I'm not a dad yet, but I'm going to be one of those dads who protects his children. And if I have daughters and someone comes to my house and they beep the horn and I have beautiful single daughters... If you come to my house, young man, and you beep the horn, you better be dropping something off because you're not picking anything up. (laughs) 
just giving a warning to any of the young men that may be in the church today. I'm just a bit old-fashioned, I'm sorry. Today I want to talk specifically to the dads, but I believe this message will be a message that will bless everyone, regardless of what walk you're walking right now. Um, I believe it's going to bless everyone. Uh, we're looking at Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, just those few verses. Again, those watching on live stream, thank you for joining us today. Starting at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, the NIV says it a little bit differently. They devoted themselves, watch this, to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, look at verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now, I want you to keep in mind that this was shortly after the day of Pentecost. That's one reason why I wanted us to read this scripture and come about Father's Day in a little bit different perspective. Because just a few weeks ago, we celebrated the day of Pentecost. So in this passage, we are just a few days after that took place. So just so you can kind of put it all in perspective. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Aren't you thankful that God adds to our number daily those who are being saved? The Bible says that they devoted themselves. I want to talk to you today about the power of a devoted dad. How many of you are grateful for dads that are devoted? I believe that I'm going to speak to the whole house today. I would just like to ask you to slip up your hands as we pray for God's anointing over this service today. Father, release revelation in this house. Change us by your word. Help us to leave looking more like you whenever we walk out of these doors today. We submit this time to you. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place today. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, Amen. There were many incredible and awesome things that happened after the initial outpouring at Pentecost. And I'm so glad to tell you, church, that Pentecost Sunday was not the climactic ending, but it was the glorious beginning. It represents the birthday of the church. Friends, in other words, I'm telling you that we haven't come to the end of a thing. We are just getting started. There is power for us today. How many of you believe that there is power for us today in this room today? All we have to do is tap into it and say, God, I receive your power today. Things begin to happen in that early church. Incredible growth, unexplainable power, supernatural results. This church was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And one of the after effects of Pentecost was the emergence of mighty men. The emergence of men who were passionate and filled with the power of God. The transformation that took place in those men is indescribable. Men became radical for Jesus. How many of you love radical men for Jesus? After they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, they became something brand new. They became bold. They became empowered. Something unstoppable. Something greatly used 
by God. How many of you understand this? A real encounter with the Holy Spirit can change a man. If you ever really have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I am telling you, it will change you. It will transform your life. See, some people don't understand why you praise the way that you praise and why you act the way that you act. But they don't understand the encounter that you have had with God, that He has changed your life drastically. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the characteristics of the early church. And in doing so, I want to show you that much of the early church was led by men who adopted these characteristics. If we can pattern ourselves as men and fathers after those men of the early church, man, we are going to see God do things that we never even dreamed or imagined. And I just want to say to all the dads in the house how grateful I am that on Sunday morning, Father's Day, you have got your family in the house of the Lord. Way to go, Dad, if that is you today. Now let me share with you some characteristics of the early church. Number one, the early church was authentic. This is powerful because one of the main things that marked the early church was the fact that they were led by great men who were totally authentic. Somebody say authentic. Authentic means worthy of acceptance. They are worthy to be believed in. They weren't false or imitation, but they were real. I don't know about you, but I like real people. I'm going to say that one more time. I said, I don't know about you, but I like real people. I need real relationships with real people. This incredible emerging church was led by real men, men of integrity. They were not fake. They didn't love Jesus in front of people and be all spiritual in church and raise their hands and then act like the devil at home. Have you ever known or heard about a man who were so spiritual in front of people, but then when they get home, they acted like the D-E-V-I-L. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are in front of people. What matters is how are you at home? When it's just you and it's God, all the walls, all the fake facades are gone. It is just you and it is God. What are you in that moment? How are you when you leave this building? Let me tell you, the most important place you can be a hero, sir, is in your home. Be someone that they can respect at the house. I am thankful for dads and husbands that we can believe in. Dads and husbands who are real, who are constant, consistent, honest, God-loving, and real. The Bible said in Acts 4.13 that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And they marveled, that they marveled, and they realized that they must have, I love this, been with Jesus. They noticed a difference. There was something about their connection to Jesus that changed their lives. They could not deny that they had been with Jesus. I just like to stop and thank God for all the real men in the house today, the authentic men, the dependable men. Let's thank God for the men in the house that love Jesus today. Authentic is from the same family of words as author and authority. An author tells a story. And what I love about these men is they stuck with the story of Jesus. 
They let it all be about Jesus. They were committed to the story of Jesus. They gave themselves over to the story of Jesus. And because they kept it about Jesus, they had authority. How many of you know that we in and of ourselves, we have no authority? We are weaklings. We are in the natural. But the way that you get the supernatural power is you make it all, everything that you do, all about God, all about Jesus. And whenever you do that, that's when God adds his super to our natural. They were able to bind devils. They were able to speak to the sick and see them healed and lay hands on the crippled and watch them walk again. They were able to build great churches and do great things because they stayed connected to the authentic, real Jesus. And let me tell you, we are living in a world where we are desperate for real men to rise up. Real men, our young people are being seductively seduced by the enemy on social media, online, and things that they watch and things that they read. They're seeing these false images and counterfeit lives that are being perpetrated on them through Facebook and Instagram. It's pretend lives that are fake. They admire celebrities who aren't even real. They admire people who present these perfect filtered lives and they make it seem like things are so great when really things are not great but they are presenting this perfect social media life and our young people are trying to live this ideal that is not even a reality and let me tell you something if we have ever needed to combat the fake with the real we need to do it now see a fake world needs real men Something happens when real men stand up, when real men are full of the power of God, and you can tell that they have been with Jesus. And they can look a young person in the face and say, you know what? It's not always easy. Sometimes life gets tough. Sometimes you go through things that you don't understand. Sometimes life is unfiltered. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes people treat you bad. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes injustice occurs. Sometimes we're not treated the way we should. But at the end of the day, we stay connected to a source that is greater than we are. How many of you are thankful for real men that will stay connected to a real God? I thank God for real men in the house today. The men that love and raise children. Men who live a Christian life. And let me just give a shout out to all the men that raised children that you did not physically father. You, sir, are a real dad. Even though you did not provide the seed that made that baby, you are still still a real dad. How many of you know it takes more than a, than a sperm donor to be a dad? Father means giver and protector of life. What makes a father is not the physical act. What makes a father is that the father is there. You can count on that father. And I just want to give a shout out to all the men who have blended families and you are raising and loving kids that you did not physically father. I would say to you, way to go, my man. God bless you. I celebrate you today. And let me also say this because I know this is a large part of us in this room. We have a lot of grandparents today that are raising your grandchildren because your sons and your daughters are not exactly where they need to be today. I want to say a way to go for all the grandparents in this house today that are raising kids. 
I heard recently, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to get politically incorrect for a moment. This is the 10 o'clock service, so I should be able to do that. Is that my okay? I don't know. I don't know if I should do this or not. I recently heard about a teenage boy that was raised from a toddler by a man that was not his biological father. His biological dad was never there. A man married this boy's mother, and they raised this boy from infancy. Now that this boy is a teenager, his stepdad is telling him there are some things that you can't do in our house. And the boy looked at him one day, and he said, you are not even my real dad. After he had raised him from a toddler, he said, you are not even my real dad. Who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do? Okay, here it goes. Let me give you the classic Pastor Scott Anderson response because I am not scared of none of y'all. I give you permission to respond in kindness like this. Now, keep in mind that word kindness, that you you have to flavor these words with kindness. There is a difference, all right? you got to do it with the right heart. That's, that's critical. If some ungrateful young teenager or kid looks at you and says that, says that to you and says, you're not my real dad, you respond and say, I put a real roof over your real head. I provide real food to go in that real belly every time you're hungry. I put real clothes on your real back. I put real tennis shoes on your real feet. I got a real car that takes you to places when you need to get somewhere. I pay real bills so you can have a real good life. I work a real job so you can be really blessed. And if you disrespect your real mom and you disrespect me, you and I in the very near future will visit a real woodshed and I'll show you who the daddy is around this house. Praise the Lord, I feel so much better. <laughs> oh my goodness. We would feel so much better. Oh my goodness. Just just say what's on your mind sometimes. But again, with love. With love. I didn't do the best job there, I'm sorry, but you can do it better. But dads, do not apologize for being the dad. If you are a dad in somebody's life, stand up and be the dad for those kids that God has entrusted to you. So real dads are authentic. You can count on them. They're faithful. The second thing you need to know about the early church, and this needs to be an example for all the men, husbands and fathers today. So many of us, we think that, oh, the Bible was written so many years ago. There's nothing in it that's applicable today. Let me tell you, there's a lot that we can apply today. A matter of fact, I would say if we would apply all of it, our world would look a whole lot different today. The early church was supernaturally empowered. The early church was not led by men who led out of their own strength. The early church was led by men who believed and they tapped into a power that was greater than themselves. 
It's within the nature, and I can say amen to this, and every man in this house can say amen to this, and if you don't, then you're lying, and you need to come to this altar and repent. We want to make everything right. If it's broken, men want to fix it. If it's messed up, we want to put it all back together, even in our families. We want to put stuff back together. We want healing to take place, but let me talk to the real men in the room. There will be days and there will be times when you can't fix everything in your child's life. There will be times when you can't fix that son, you can't fix that daughter as much as you want to. You can't fix that wife, you can't fix that issue. In those moments, you need to make sure that you are tapped into a power that is greater than you are because when you can't deliver your son, God can. When you can't make a way for your daughter, God can. When you can't chase the depression out of their lives, God can. When you can't open the door for them, God can. And I dropped by to tell some man. I want you to be encouraged in the name of the Lord because if God is on your side, you're going to see everything that he has promised you concerning your sons and your daughters. It will come to pass because our God is not a liar. The early church was authentic because it was led by supernatural men who were greatly used by God because they had connected to his source. They had an incredible touch of God on their lives. And I thank God today for the powerful men that we have here in this church. The Bible says in Acts 2-3, that there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and sat down upon each of them. And they, somebody say they, they were all, some, no, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Check this out. These men of the early church, like Peter and James and John and Andrew, they had experienced the power of God. I want my future children to know that I am connected to the power of God. I want my children to know that I believe in the power of God. Of God. I believe in healing. I believe in deliverance. I believe in breakthrough. The most powerful men in all of human history and the most powerful men alive today are the ones that have a real experience with God. Men who are led by and empowered by the Spirit of God are the mightiest men. I want to tell you something. Microsoft doesn't have the power. Apple does not have the power. The government, Google or GE or Facebook doesn't have the power. But the church, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And friends, that kind of power is unstoppable. I want my children to be hungry to know the power of God. And hear me, don't just experience God by yourself. Don't let that be the end of it. Lead your children to it. Hear me, men, we do not reproduce what we want. We reproduce what we are. If you are not hungry for the things of God, then don't expect your children to be hungry for the things of God. If you're not a worshiper, don't expect your children to be worshipers because you don't reproduce what you want. You reproduce what you are. And I am telling you that if you show your kids a dad that will go after God and believe that he is able to do anything but fail, mark my word, they will do likewise. It may not be in your timing, but they will do it in time because there is not a single seed that's going to hit that ground that was planted by God that will not come to pass, that will not flourish, that will not germinate. 
We need to make our children hungry for the Lord. It is time for men to rise up like never before and lead their families and those that they influence to the supernatural power of God. Number three, the early church was bold. Look at Acts 3, 14. But you denied the Holy One. Let me give you some background on this. This is Peter speaking 53 days after Jesus had been crucified. Peter is literally, I want you to get this picture in your mind. Peter is literally standing in front of people that crucified the Lord when he says this. How many of you know they were mighty men as far as the world standards, the ones that crucified Jesus? And here Peter is 53 days later saying this in front of them. He says, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and kill the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are all witnesses. Here Peter is standing before the very ones that had crucified Jesus, and he stands there boldly. If we have ever needed bold men, bold Christian men, bold men of the Spirit, we need some bold men today. The world is crazy. If you don't say amen, I'm going to run right down there in front of Gator and I'm going to amen myself. I said the world is crazy and we need some bold men that will stand strong and be passionate and declare that God is able to do everything that he says that he can do. Church, we need some bold men today. There are some characteristics that mark courageous men. Number one, bold men... Oh, I love this. Have the courage to say, no. Holy Spirit, help me. Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to say. See, friends, sometimes you've got to say no. Certainly say no to compromise. That's what the early church did. They said no to compromise. You have got to say no to pornography. No to behavior that doesn't exemplify a Christ-like life. You've got to say no to wrong opportunities. You've got to say no to unreasonable requests. You've got to learn to say no to your children. Just look at them in the face and say no. And when they say, why? Say, because I said so. It is that simple. You do not have to defend your answer. Say no, and your children need to listen to you. Some of y'all have been negotiating with an 11-year-old about coming to church. No. Some of y'all have been negotiating with a 7-year-old. Come on now, we're ready to go. Load up in the van. I don't want to go. You are negotiating with a seven-year-old child. Let me tell you something. You better teach that crumb snatcher some obedience right now because if you don't, if you don't, let me tell you something. A judge will one day, and they will learn the no word real quick. You better tell them no. Can I have friends with benefits? No, 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 no. You need to learn to say no. 
Sometimes the best thing you can ever do for your child is say no. I know I've got to shut up, but listen to me, fathers. You are the man of the house. Stop negotiating with a child. Tell them no. Teach them right now that sometimes in life you hear no. You don't always get everything you want. Things don't always go the way you want them to go. Every door ain't your door. Every chance is not your chance. Sometimes you've got to say no, 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 no. But my friend, no. But my buddies, no. Sometimes you have got to say no. When your children are acting foolish and acting crazy, and trust me, if they haven't done it already, they will. Where is Pastor Amanda? I was go right here and point to her, and she would tell me amen to that. If they say, you, don't, you can't come into my room, it's my private bedroom, you can't come into my room, you need to say, your room, that's not even your room. That is my extra bedroom. Don't touch my... These are my clothes. Your clothes. Those are not your clothes. Those are my clothes. They don't fit me, but they are mine. I bought every single pair of underwear in those drawers. If you don't teach them the word no, I'm telling you, the world will teach them in a hurry the word no. They will find out that there is a bite. There is a sting if you don't know the word no. Well, praise the Lord. We can just all dismiss and go home. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to need a nap after this. <sighs> this is one of the first of many tangents I'll probably go down today. Aren't you glad you came to church on Father's Day? Praise the Lord. The second thing that marks a courageous man, they have courage to stand for what they believe in. We need men that will stand for what's right and stand for what they believe in. And this, in this atmosphere of immorality and a nation that needs the Lord, we have got to stand for what we believe in. But we look all the way back at those that God used in a great way. They stood in atmospheres that were so immoral. Places like Ephesus, Corinth, parts of the world that were so filled with sin. Because they stood, they built great churches that were Filled with the power of God. Men, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. You have got to stand for what is right. And then next, they had the courage to believe for the unbelievable. Men, we've got to learn to believe for the unbelievable. I want my future children to understand that their dad believes for the unbelievable. It seemed unbelievable to me when God called me to ministry. Because for those of you that don't know me very well, I am an introvert and I've always been an introvert. So when God called me to ministry, I had to seriously question him. But how many of you know God doesn't make any mistakes and he just looked at me and just said, trust my plan. I've got all this figured out. When I was a child, you were blessed if you got two words out of me, and those consisted of hello and goodbye. There was nothing in between. It was a very short conversation. But let me tell you, when you believe for the unbelievable, the unbelievable becomes achievable. 
Can I talk to you for a minute? See, God never once gave me the specifics of my calling, but he has opened the doors and given me passion. If God would have shown me that I would be on staff at a church of this size and preaching to a great group of people like you are today, I would have ran away. Let me tell you, it is only by God's grace that I am standing behind this pulpit today. If you would have asked me early on where I thought I'd be in 10 years, I can assure you that it would not be as grand as it is today. So let me encourage someone today. You will not achieve the achievable if you don't believe for the unbelievable. Let me tell you, for that person that is here and you are discouraged because you think that you will never achieve all that God has promised you, just keep trusting in Jesus. Why do I say that? Because I can do all things through who? Myself? No. Through Christ who strengthens me. Is there anybody in the house believing for the unbelievable? I know I need to talk to dads, but this is for everyone. Who is believing for something unbelievable in your family, in your business, in your future? And you don't see it in the natural, but there is something inside of you that says, God, you can do it. I know that you are on my side. I am believing for the unbelievable. I want my children to know that I believe in them. I want every spiritual son and daughter to know that I believe in them. I believe in you in this house. I believe in your purpose. I believe that God is on your side. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe that every promise God made you is going to come to pass. I believe your children are going to serve the Lord. I believe you're the head and not the tail. I believe greater glory is coming. I believe new fresh anointing is coming to you. Somebody pray. Praise God if you believe that God is able to do it. Church, do you understand the power of believing in someone? You will only achieve the achievable in God if you believe for the unbelievable. When you connect God to it, it's got to be unbelievable. Listen to me, God's not going to mess with it if you can fix it. God's not going to connect to it if you can change it. God is not going to do it if you can do it. See, we sit around and say, God, move, God, move. And we sit on our, on our rumps like a bump on a stump when we stand up and say, God, I can't do it, but I know that somehow, someway, you're going to make it happen. If we can't do it, that's when God steps in and says, step aside, child, watch me do it before your very eyes. One of the most profound effects that you can have on people is simply this. It is so simple. Believe in them. But pastor, they have messed up. Believe in them again. They failed. Believe in them again. But my son, believe in him again. Start leading him in the right direction. And you may say, but I've done that so many times. Let me just remind you very quickly. If you can in your mind, begin to think of all the times that you have failed God. Can you count them all? (laughs) I don't have enough fingers and toes to count. I have no idea. But there has not been one time when I've come to God and said, God, I messed up. There has not been one time that he said, Scott, that was one too many. I'm done. There's not been one time. So if you are having a problem helping, continuing to help, do you have to set boundaries? Of course. I'm not saying you have an open door. But what I am saying is don't you ever stop believing 
in them and believing what God has spoken over them. It may not happen in your time and it may seem like it's never going to happen. But I am telling you, church, if God has spoken it, it is going to happen. So don't be surprised that day when it does. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but some of you in this room, you have got to get out of this natural realm. You have got to get out of being bound up by what you see with your natural eyes. You have got to get in the realm of the Spirit. You have got to see things through God's eyes. You have got to see your children through God's eyes. I need to get back on topic, but I feel like ministering to someone here today. You have got to get out of what you see. You've got to get out of your feelings. Oh my goodness, those feelings, they trap us up so many times. You have got to get out of the habit of allowing the enemy to rule and reign in your life. Some of you have been in a bad chapter. Some of you have been in a bad moment. Some of you have been in a bad season, but the Lord said the chapter is not the book. It is time to turn the page and believe for the unbelievable. Tell your neighbor, my story has a happy ending. Don't judge my children right now. Don't judge my marriage right now. Don't judge me where I am right now because God has greater glory in my future. If God gets involved in it, it is greater glory. If God is connected to it, it is greater glory. If his anointing is on it, it's greater. God doesn't lead you from a small thing to a smaller thing, but he takes you to greater glory. What caused the early church to survive and have the profound effect that they had was because they simply did this. They believed for the unbelievable. Listen, friends, I am sick and tired of superficial Every time the church settles for superficial, they sacrifice the supernatural. How many churches are loud and rowdy, but they have not a single drop of supernatural because every shout is a superficial shout. Every move is a superficial move. Finally, the fourth thing, the early church was devoted. The word devoted is a powerful word. It means loving. It means loyal. It means given over to. When you are devoted to something, you stick with it. When you're devoted to something, quitting is not an option. When you're devoted to it, you stay with it when it's not easy. You stay with it when your heart is breaking. You stay with it when you can't sleep. You stay with it when in the natural you can see nothing happening. There have been seasons in my ministry where I wanted to do anything but what I was doing. I would lay down at night and not be able to sleep. I would drop my head and say, God, I don't know how much longer I can do this. But I was devoted. I stuck with it. I am devoted to this house. Even when I want to run, I can't because I am devoted. See, we need dads who are devoted. Real dads never quit. They keep on. They just keep on. The word devote in the Greek, it means to continue all the time. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in teaching and fellowshipping and kindness to others, in the breaking of the bread and holy communion. Each thing they did, they continued. They didn't do it for a season. They continued. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. Listen, they continued in the fellowship of the word. They continued in the breaking of the bread. The men of the early church were devoted to the word. They stayed devoted. One thing I want my future children to know is I am devoted to them. They're going to have to put up with me. And my wife says, amen. 
I am not a perfect man. I have got more flaws than you ever know. And Katie could preach about 10 messages on each one of them. But if I have anything in my life that I believe is a strength, I just show up. I keep coming, and I try my hardest. Thinking about some of the things that all dads say. We've all heard dads say these phrases. What about this one? I'm not made of money. Heard your dad say that one? Have you ever heard your dad say, ask your mother? I'm going to use that one a lot. There's a lot of things that men say, but more than what we say, what we do is what's going to change people's lives and change our children. Some of you dads out there, you may be thinking that you don't have much to offer your children, but I want to encourage you with this. You can leave your children with something money cannot buy. You can be devoted to them, and you can be devoted to Jesus. And when you are long gone, that love that you had for Jesus can live in them and in their children. Friends, there is power in a devoted dad. I want to say to all the dads, stay devoted. Stay committed. Don't quit. Don't give up when the, when the going gets tough. Stay in the game. Stay in their presence. Talk to them. They might be 40 years old, but tell them exactly what you think. Don't give up on your children. God is a God of His Word. All the dads in the house, I bless you. I know we have celebrated the dads already a little bit, but with every great dad in this house watching in by live stream, can we give them a great round of applause? Can we bless all the great dads here on Father's Day? Now, dads, the rest of the day is all about you. I may not be a father to a human, but I am a father to a four-legged son. So I'm going to partake. I'm going to act as though I'm a father. So I'm going to go home and I'm going to celebrate by stuffing my face with all the bad food I can get my hands on for the glory of God. And I am believing for the unbelievable. How many of the dads in here can agree with me with this? The fat and the carbs will be supernaturally turned into protein. And the thing that was going to blow me up is going to reduce my waist. It'd be real funny if I showed up Wednesday nights thinner, wouldn't it? You'd say, I should have prayed that prayer too. You have not because you ask not. I believe in the power of prayer. Some of y'all that were praying for rain, y'all need to stop because it's been raining up a storm. You've got powerful prayers. Just go ahead and, you know, we got the rain. I want to close with this. Dads stay devoted. There is power in a devoted dad. But there is power in devotion, whether you're a woman or a man. It doesn't matter. Everything that I said here today applies regardless of where you are today, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man. Even if you're a child, this applies to you today. Be devoted. Whatever God is calling you to do, I can tell you one thing. He is calling you to stay in His Word. It doesn't matter what He's called you, what your specific calling is. You need to stay in His Word. As I get ready to close, don't forget also on Sunday, July 4th. Just again, we're planning an exciting day with all kinds of activities for all ages. And best of all, we're having hot dogs and hamburgers with all the fixings. And Gator is cooking it. If it's not good, it's his fault. If it's good, it's, you can come to me. 
So we will not have an 8 o'clock service on July 4th because we want everyone to be together that Sunday and stay after the service for our God and country picnic. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're not where you need to be with God, there is sin in your life and you'd say, Pastor, when you pray, pray for me. I'm just not where I need to be with the Lord. Maybe you gave your life to Christ some time back and you have drifted away and you want to recommit to him today. When I count to three, just raise your hand right where you are. The amazing thing is the Holy Spirit can do the work in you right where you are. Right this very moment. If you're watching online, the same thing. The same Holy Spirit that is here with us can be with you in the same instant and touch your body. Whatever you're needing today, whether it be healing, whether it be salvation, He can come wherever you are and meet you. When I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor One. Remember me, Pastor Two. Three, slip that hand up now. hands all over. I want everyone in the room to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to pray this prayer, and this is you accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. There is no greater miracle that can happen in this house than what's happening right now. So many times, you know, we, we talk about uh, physical healing, something that we can see, something that is tangible. But I want to tell you something. There is something much greater that goes on in the soul of a person whenever they receive Christ. Something magnificent takes place, and that's what's going to happen here. So pray this prayer after me, everyone. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all of my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean. I give it to you. Make me brand new. I am devoted from this day forward to following you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can we praise God for making us all a new creation today? Aren't you glad that he didn't leave you the way that he found you, but he transformed you? I don't know about you, but I was a mess when Jesus came into my life. Listen, before you move, before you go anywhere, when you said yes to Jesus and you prayed that prayer, you initiated a brand new relationship and God has begun the work of making you into a new creation. We want to support you in this new walk. And so if you're wondering, what is my next step? What do I, where do I go from here? We make it very easy. I want you to visit a website. It will be on the screen here if it's not already. oag.church slash believe. When you do that, we're going to do three things. Things. We're going to send you information about our growth track here at OAG that will be starting soon that will teach you the basics of the faith. We're going to send you information about our fed groups because you have got to be in a group. You cannot do this alone. And then third, we're going to give you information for a free membership to Right Now Media. How many of you have a Right Now Media account? Is it not awesome? I love my Right Now Media account. Right Now Media is a video-based Bible study program that is going to help you grow in your faith because that is our hope that you don't just come to church but you become the church. You don't just become a fan but you become a follower. You become a disciple. Let me say it again. If you just gave your life to Christ and you need to take your next step, go to oag.church slash believe. We want to support you on your journey with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today.
for all that you have done and all that you have said. You are a present help in times of trouble. Thank you for being the father that we can count on. Even when our earthly father cannot be there, God, you are always present. Even when it seems like there are moments where we can't seem to find people, I'm so glad that we can find you, that you are as close as the mentioning of your name. Today, God, be with us, go before us. For the fathers in the house today, let them be devoted. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone say, amen. On your way out today, church, shake a father's hand. Let them know how grateful you are for them. Thank you for being here with us. We'll see you Wednesday. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.